This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And we're starting off the show today by taking a look at a new model for family law and conflict in our country. So this is a legal process called collaborative law, and it was established back in the 90s by Stuart Webb, who basically was of the opinion that the traditional litigation process is often not helpful and in in some cases actively damaging when it comes to families. So collaborative law essentially allows both parties and their lawyers to enter into a contract that's called the participation agreement. And this lets them finalize any legal aspects of their separation or divorce without attending court. The process can also include the help of finance or mental health professionals to ease the process and the terms of agreement for both parents and children, something that is pretty new in Malaysia. Yeah, pretty new and quite exciting. I mean, I recognize that exciting is perhaps an odd word to use when you're talking about something like divorce or family conflict. But um, because of the the stigma around it and in some ways because of the popular perception of how contentious these issues can be, knowing that there is a different way of going about it, I think is quite valuable. So uh, family lawyer Go Su Lin, whom you're going to be hearing from quite shortly, is spearheading the effort to kind of introduce this in our country. She organized training for the pioneer group of collaborative professionals in 2018. To date, there are approximately 40 lawyers, several mental health professionals and two financial uh, neutrals who are trained in Malaysia. So the Malaysian arm of this is called Malaysian Collaborative Practice Group, and they sit under the parent body of the IACP, the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals. Now, um, the IACP actually was recently nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for their international efforts when it comes to transforming the way families resolve conflict. Um, And, you know, you said it's it's exciting, and I actually think that's rightfully so because... um, these processes can be so traumatizing and difficult for the family to go through. And of course, when we say family, we're talking about um, various different relationships that exist within that ecosystem. Um, And so I think the law taking both a more collaborative, as the name would suggest, but also a more empathetic approach to conflict and to the legal process, I think this is such a great direction to be moving towards. So we're talking today about collaborative law, which is something that's pretty new in our country. And we're going to be finding out more about it through the course of our show today. But let us know, is this something that you've heard of? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We're going to be joined shortly by Brian Galbraith, the President of the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals, as well as family lawyer Go Su Lin. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Beating Fickle Mindsets, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
It is 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about collaborative law, which is a legal process that's quite new to Malaysia and we're going to be finding out more about it. Let us know. Uh, is this something that you've heard of? You can call 7733 send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now, we have Brian Galbraith, President of the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals and family lawyer Go Siu Lin. Brian, Siu Lin, thanks for speaking with us today. Uh, Brian, let's start with you taking us through what collaborative law is. What sets it apart from other approaches to resolving family disputes? Well, collaborative practice is a process where the parties work together to resolve all of the issues related to their divorce without going to court. So they each have their own lawyer, and uh, they work together to negotiate an agreement. And, and the hallmark of the process is that there is uh, an agreement, a contract that's signed that says that if the matter is unsuccessful, the parties will not go to court. And that's really significant because it changes everything for the lawyers. No longer will they be warriors. No longer will they... Uh, take the matter to court. They're fully committed to settlement. So they change uh, their role into being settlement uh, experts. So it's a wonderful process because it's all about problem solving and it's all about helping the family find a new way uh, to uh, relate to one another after their separation by minimizing the pain and discomfort of the process. So just to compare, what are the other options and avenues available? Well, uh, mediation is a, a similar process. Uh, the difference is that mediation involves one mediator who uh, meets with both parties and helps them negotiate an agreement. In collaborative law, each party has their own lawyer and the lawyers assist the clients to negotiate an agreement. And in some cases, uh, we also include an interdisciplinary uh, team where we will bring in a, a mental health professional who will help develop a parenting plan and help the parties navigate the emotional issues inherent to separation and divorce. And sometimes we'll bring out in a financial professional who is also a neutral and uh, uh, is uh, shared by both parties and will help negotiate the financial issues related to their separation and divorce. So it's uh, a process that's similar to mediation because there's a commitment to negotiating an, an agreement, but it's different because there's a, a a larger team. And so we can deal with some very complex issues, uh, complex uh, financial issues and and complex emotional issues and parenting issues uh, using the collaborative process. The, the contrast, of course, is the court system. And uh, the court process itself really tends to uh, increase the conflict between the parties. This is not to blame the judges. The judges generally are well-intended, hardworking uh, people who are really wanting to make a difference but the system itself pits one party against the other, and it's just not the best way for families to resolve the issues that, that plague them. 
Siulin, how familiar would you say the public generally is about collaborative law as an avenue to resolve issues peacefully? In Malaysia, what is widely resorted to when parties break down or separate would be the court system. And for the Muslims, it will be in the Sharia courts. And for the non-Muslims, it will be in the civil courts. And what? And, and not all courts are also specialised courts. And the court dockets are really quite heavy for the judges. And unlike collaborative law, um, actually when families and spouses are undergoing um, separation and divorce, there's a lot of trauma in court conflict and a lot of high emotions. So collaborative law, what the strength is, is to manage, have a specialized family professional to manage those conflicts, bring the client to a more calm and rational state so that they are able to engage and make long-term decisions about their family. So this is the really wonderful thing about um, collaborative law. So in, when, when parties are separating, the instinct is to go to war, to hurt the other. So the, the family coaches actually intervene at the right time to prevent escalation of conflict, which lawyers are not equipped to do in a family context. And, and if they have like financial issues, the financial professional comes in and sort of helps the family uh, unravel the issues that need to be addressed. So I think for Malaysia, we really, really need the public to be more aware that there is this process option available. We have about 40 lawyers trained of, of several mental health professionals and two financial professionals. There needs to be um, more clients coming forward to ask for a better way for, to divorce. Let's keep it out of the courts. Let's you know protect the children, protect relationships and heal the family because what often happens in court, and we've seen it, Brian has seen it in his years as a litigator. I've seen it also and we feel really, okay, we win, but nobody wins. And what we need to do is like, we want now for lawyers to play a transformational role as healing families rather than, you know, killing them or driving them apart. So I just wanted to say, you know, we want Malaysians to know this, to ask for it, and to ask for the um, legislators to also think about, you know, uh, equip, equipping our judiciary to be more sensitized to collaborative law process, put in collaborative law legislation, give more resources for mental health professionals and financial professionals to be trained in the collaborative law process, because we truly, truly believe in this very good way of helping families. And have you found that families here are receptive to this process? So what I've done recently after learning from um, best practices overseas, because in Canada, I learned that they actually have legislation which uh, make it compulsory for lawyers to advise clients of the different options, which includes collaborative law. So if we could like educate the bar council also to uh in uh you know in mandate lawyers to make it compulsory to advise clients of these options one that would be how it could bring awareness to clients and i think really it was for you know from the collaborative community here in malaysia a lot of us had a personal awakening in the sense that um we could see the goodness of collaborative law and how it also affected how we practice family law. We learned um, different techniques like um, BIFF communications, brief, informative, firm and friendly. So if a client or even a lawyer on the other side you know, escalates and writes very aggressive, hostile communication, we don't respond in the similar manner. We will write back in a brief, 
and brief to the point, uh, firm but yet friendly. Keep the tone neutral or business-like, you know. So we want to keep clients and other lawyers that this is the better way. We want the uh, and for clients who are under a lot of emotional turmoil, the family coaches actually assist them to reflect. Um, and then sometimes um, reflect on their role, reflect on the other person's perspective. And if there's an apology needed, which could be a very cathartic or healing um, process for the family, that, that can be guided also through the family coach. And we find that sometimes it's just a small apology that could unravel, could, that could open the door to resolution. It may, it may not be apparent if you're not trained, but uh, increasingly, when we have been now, some lawyers have been exposed to um, neuroscience because we had uh, Pauline Tesla come to speak to us. We've had, you know, other webinars and, you know, learning a little bit more about how we are reacting rather than being so rational. We think we're rational, but actually no, lawyers included, professionals included. So if each and every one of those people involved in this team, we work together and also at the end of the day, the outcome for the family and the client is so much better than a traditional court process because we handle all these non-legal parts of the family, which the court and the judges won't have time to do, right? So although it may be more money in terms of engaging the mental health expert, the financial expert, but I love this quote, which I heard from one of the collaborative lawyers in America. Um, what she said was, invest in your family, mm -hmm. not in your fight. And I thought that was so powerful. And how might collaborative law be especially beneficial for children involved in these disputes? Well, there's been a lot of research that says that children suffer when their parents are in conflict. That's that's the evidence. That's the the research. It's the the research is saying that. Uh, uh, children of divorce suffer necessarily, they suffer when there's conflict between the, the parents. So even if parents don't separate, if their children are exposed to conflict, it's harmful for the children, can be harmful for the children. And so collaborative practice is all about uh, minimizing the conflict, resolving the conflict, and working together to come up with a plan that is in the best interest of the children. So it's, it is far better for the children uh, because in the court system, it's pitting one parent against the other. And so that can have the effect of escalating the conflict between the parents. Uh, you wanna be able to show your children how to resolve conflict because conflict is inevitable in life. And so if you can show your children that there's a way to resolve conflict that is respectful and uh, appropriate uh, and considerate, uh, that, that's what you want to show your children so that they can understand how to resolve conflict in their own life. And how does collaborative practice work in tandem with the Sharia laws here? Is there a difference in approach when it comes to working with Muslim couples? Okay, so I, I'm just speaking um, in the sense that for collaborative law, it actually is for all families of whatever faith, whatever religion, whatever culture. It's just a process to assist the family to, to iron out all these difficult um, issues uh, and to build their future post-divorce and post-separation. So whatever faith they have is 
not really something that should stop them from considering the collaborative process. So what we have is those lawyers trained. Actually, we have a few Muslim Sharia lawyers who have been trained in the collaborative law process. Mm -hmm. And what um, we have also uh, engaged previously with the Sharia judiciary uh, and also with um, various Muslim NGOs to bring um, awareness about the collaborative law process. Of course, uh, we need more uh, on-the-ground uh, knowledge about it, but the process and the principle is the same. Uh, Siulin, perhaps we could also end with you telling us about some of the results that you've observed in applying collaborative law with your cases here. In, in Malaysia, because the process here takes at least three years to mature, to trial, sometimes more, and it doesn't end at trial, high court level, it may go on appeal and then further appeal. So you're looking at maybe three to five years. Three to five years for a young child's life is a very long time to be in this state of conflict and, you know, escalation of, you know, alienation and maybe abduction, you know, all sorts of things, poisoning going on. We've seen it all in our family cases. And I tell you, it's not only distressing for the family, it's very distressing for the lawyers. And there must be a better way. And we really think collaborative law is the way to help children the most. And one thing that the family courts don't address, but collaborative law can address, is where we have grey divorce because the needs of adult children, uh, adult children are not considered at all when an older couple is divorcing. So recently through collaborative law, mental health professionals, they have actually also talk, talked about what are the needs of adult children of grey divorce, which is usually underappreciated. So this is something which we are trying to build into our advice when we actually guide clients um, going through such divorce. Yeah, that is traumatic, equally traumatic for adult children and it requires a different approach and different, um, you know, considerations because there's not only two households, there's possibly four or six households. I don't know. So many things to think about. So for collaborative law, it's not just the legal divorce. We're talking about the emotional divorce. So the emotional part of the divorce is being handled very well in the collaborative law process. Yeah, so that's really, it's one of its strengths. Siulin, Brian, thank you for speaking with us. That was family lawyer Go Siulin and Brian Galbraith, who's the president of the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals, talking about the process of collaborative law, offering a different way of looking at issues of divorce and family conflict in Malaysia. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Is this something that you've heard of? You can call us, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp. You can also tweet us. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.